When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths, and welcome to another beautiful week. We have a fantastic guest to share with you all. Let me first tell you a little bit about her. Julie Ryan is an inventor, entrepreneur, and author who learned how to be a psychic and medical intuitive more than 25 years ago. After inventing a number of globally used surgical devices and founding nine companies, she settled into her talents as a psychic and medical intuitive. Julie is the author of several books, such as Angelic Intendance, What Really Happens as We Transition from This Life into the Next, and Angel Messages for Kids. She also hosts the podcast, Ask Julie Ryan. Thanks so much for coming on Enlightened Empaths, Julie. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. We're so excited. You know, a lot of our listeners are not new to the world of empathy, but they are new to the world of intuition, especially medical intuition. So I'd love to hear just a brief little summary of your story and how you learn to really embrace these gifts. Well, first of all, we all have them. We're all, we all come in with these abilities. It's just a matter of developing and then enhancing them. So I learned how to do this stuff. And I teach people all over the world from all walks of life how to do all the things that I do. And, and I like to say I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo-woo and I'm a buffet of psychicness. Because you guys know once you connect in with spirit, you can take it anywhere you want. You can talk. I can talk to your dead grandma. I can scan you energetically. I can facilitate energetic healings. I can scan your pet. We can uh, do past life stuff. We can do future stuff. I mean, it's all spirit. So it's just, it's like once you plug in, then you can take it anywhere that you want to go. So how I came about this was I was in the hospital supply industry for all of my career as an inventor and manufacturer of surgical devices, as you mentioned, sold throughout the world. And I had a friend about 30 years ago gave, give me a book as a birthday gift called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace. Love that and book. she called herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? I'd never heard that before, that term. And back then we didn't have the internet yet. So I did the old fashioned thing after reading that book. And I went to the bookstore. I went to a Barnes and Noble to see if there was anything else I could learn. And I found Barbara Brennan's Hands of Light, which is all about using quantum physics, basically, to help facilitate energetic healings. And for those of your listeners that haven't heard of Barbara Brennan, she's a former NASA physicist who parlayed very complex quantum physics concepts and principles into understandable English and understandable language for those of us that don't have a scientific mind. That would be me. 
And I read her book and I, I, yeah. And I wanted to know more. So I called her school and I said, do you guys have anybody in my area teaching this stuff? And lo and behold, they did. And then I studied with that woman who's still my mentor 30 years later, she's in her eighties now. And, and I studied with her for six years and paid the equivalent of what I would pay, have paid for a doctorate or a PhD and learned how to do all of this medical stuff was primarily what I was most interested in. And then all of these other tributaries off of the main river of spirit, if you will, have all come about during that time and since that time. And so as far as medical intuition, what happens is I connect into somebody energetically and it's as if I'm a human MRI. I can see in my mind's eye, broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, cancer, whatever. And then I watch healings happen. I participate in energetic healings that help the person heal themselves. And I believe the work that I do is an adjunct to Eastern and Western medicine as we know it. It's part of the healing equation. If you have a broken neck, you want to be in the emergency room, right? I mean, an energy healer can help you with that, but you want to be in the emergency room and you want to have doctors and nurses and other medical providers help you. And it's really been a fun journey. And so now fast forward, I teach people in four weeks, four Saturdays online, what it took me a long time, 30 years of practice and, and six years of study to be able to do. And people say, well, how can that be? How can you teach it that quickly? Well, it's primarily the transfer of energy from where I play to them number one, techniques, 10% of the equation, the transfer of energies, the 90% of the other 90% of the equation. And when we progress, this curriculum that I studied is 40 years old. So how did we communicate before? We used carrier pigeons and the Wells Fargo wagon and, and snail mail and telegraphs and things like that. And now we communicate via the internet and via the web. So everything progresses, including this. Yeah, I agree. And thank you for sharing that. Those are two books that I think are instrumental for anyone to read, but especially people interested in medical intuition, it's crucial. And thank you for sharing that you put the work in that, you know, you really studied with a mentor and because we, we, Denise and I meet a lot of people who um, don't seem to want to put the work in. You know what I mean, Denise? I, I, that's maybe putting it harshly. You you always put things nicer. No, no, no. It's not putting it harshly, but there's no shortcuts with this. And what I love about what you just said, Julie, is that you didn't discount traditional medicine. You didn't make it all about energy work. You're talking about it being a blend, but you're also, I, what, what really struck me is that you said you could, you're like a human MRI. So you're not absorbing that. You're not physically feeling what I know a lot of people that work as mediums or medical intuitives, they'll get it in their physical body. So could you talk about how you've kind of built that, those boundaries? Because I think that's really important for anyone that's doing this work is to not fully engage in someone else's auric field and pick up all that potential stuff that that's going on medically. Yeah. Great question. Uh, I am a visual learner. So information comes into me visually. I use all the other senses as well. And when I'm 
watching a healing and participating in a healing, I, there are several ways that it can go. It, something can get removed. Something can get added. I watch procedures all the time in my mind's eye that emulate what I saw in the operating room for all those years when I was in there developing products and testing prototypes with the same devices that are used every day in surgeries throughout the world. I mean, I can tell you, oh, they're using a Yankauer suction tip and they're doing this and they're whatever. Sometimes I see healings that utilize methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. And regardless of what I'm seeing, I'm very descriptive with my client, or if it's a caller, somebody who's called into my show, because I scan people all over the world every week on my Ask Julie Ryan show. And, and I'm very descriptive because if we can envision or get a sense of what the healing is as I'm describing it, it helps integrate it into the body. Because at the end of the day, nobody heals anybody else. We all heal ourselves. If you think about when somebody has surgery, at the end of the procedure, the surgeon's going to close the incision with sutures and staples. The surgeon doesn't make the patient's skin grow back. The patient makes their own skin grow back. And that's how this works. As far as not absorbing, I disconnect. And I pull out what are called bioplasmic streamers. That is when I connect with somebody, I envision a, a laser beam coming from my body, wherever I am to hook into them, wherever they are in the world. If you were on Pluto, I could connect with you on Pluto. I have to do is think of you and my laser beams kind of find you. But then when I'm done, I disconnect with them. And that is that is a real thing. Physicists talk call it a bioplasmic streamer. And there's been lots of research done to show somebody like me being in a physics lab and they can be able to gauge what kind of energy frequency I'm using and sending in the healings. It's really fascinating. I love it when science catches up with woo woo. Woo woo's been around way longer. You know, science is science catches catches up. So does that answer your question? That does. Thank you. That was uh -huh. incredible. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Do you have any advice for empaths who can't disconnect? We get a lot of emails from listeners who say that they pick up people's emotions all the time. We had a listener last month. She had a headache, called her best friend. Her best friend was dealing with a headache all day. And then the next week her hip hurt. And it turned out that her coworker was dealing with a sore hip, you know, just was constantly connecting in and she didn't know how to, how to disconnect. So it sounds like that comes to you naturally, but do you have tips for people who, for whom that doesn't come naturally? Oh, it doesn't come naturally. I, I disconnect on purpose every day. And these bioplasmic streamers look to me when I'm connecting into somebody, it looks like a laser beam that connects into them. And then when I pull out the bioplasmic streamer, it looks like an, a really thin umbilical cord to me. And it comes, it, it, for me, and this is what I teach is here's my experience. You build on that. Here's something for you to go from, see how it feels, see, see what happens when you do it. And then I pull them out. I literally watch them get pulled out. Some people teach to cut them, like maybe with a slice of your hand. Well, my feeling is you still got part of their cord in you. Why do you want that? I want the whole thing out. And when I pull it out, I watch it disintegrate as soon as it's out of my body. It needs the energy of somebody's spirit to make it viable. 
is my perspective, my perception of it. And so at the end of the day, when I'm in bed, what I do is I say, before I say my prayers, I pull out all those energetic streamers of clients with whom I've worked during the day. And, and for instance, last night I did my show. So there were a bunch of callers and I disconnected from them as well. I think that empathy has gotten a uh, kind of a bad name and unjustifiably so. We're all empathetic and it's a superpower. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you want to avoid. It's something that you want to embrace. And so back to your caller, Samantha, you were talking about earlier, who said she had a headache and then she talked to her friend and then her, her friend got a headache. When we find that we're in that situation, what we can do is we can just send love to the person who has the headache. Just, you know, send them, send them some good juju. Just people say, well, how do I do that? I say, just imagine it. However, it comes in for you. However, your picture, it is perfect because everybody's experience is going to be different. And we're going to be able to imagine things based on our own frame of reference. What have we experienced in our life? I live in Alabama. You live in North Carolina. Denise lives in Maine. Well, we all have very different experiences of winter, the winter months, right? So my experience living in Alabama is going to be very different from Denise's when she's buried under six feet of snow or 20 feet of snow in your case, probably <laughs> at times. And at the same time, my first job out of school, I grew up in Ohio and my first job out of school was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I had winners mm. like what you have. Mm. And so I have that frame of reference. Whereas my husband, who's always lived either in the deep South or in California doesn't. So he doesn't understand what it's like to be in a blizzard or to have to try and go somewhere or to lose power in the middle of a blizzard. And then what do you do? Kind of a thing. So it's all right. about our frame of reference. But you just made a really, really incredibly important point is that spirit will use whatever our memories, our experiences, our base of knowledge are. So when I just absolutely love that you were an inventor and developing and medical tools and seeing these, and then that beautiful segue right into doing the medical intuition work. So it's almost like they were giving you on the job training oh. and saying, you're going to need this later on. So here you go. So that's incredible. So I'm going to jump to, to another topic for a minute is on your, your website is fabulous. AskJulieRyan.com. And you have the 12 phases of transition. And I jumped way down that rabbit hole because there is so much going on in those transitions. Would you share a little bit of that with our listeners, please? Sure. When we die and we're all going to die, you know, like they say death and taxes are guaranteed to everybody, every American anyways. And what happens when we die, there is a sequence of events that I call the 12 phases of transition that involves angels, the spirits of deceased loved ones, and the spirits of deceased pets that surround us as we're dying. And that sequence of events unfolds in 12 different steps. And in the spirit world, time doesn't exist. Time is a human creation. So regardless of how somebody dies, if it's suddenly, like in the case of a homicide or suicide, or whether it's prolonged over days, weeks, months, even years, we all go through the 12 phases of transition. And it's a glorious procedure that we all go through. And I find that it really adds peace 
and a sense of joy in what is oftentimes a heart-wrenching experience for the ones left behind, the family and the friends. And so it, it's all part of that whole equation. And it's the spiritual side of what's happening to somebody as they're dying. Interestingly enough, science catches up with woo-woo again. There has been university-based research that validates and corroborates everything that I see as far as that 90% of people at the end of their lives report seeing their deceased loved ones and or the spirits of their deceased pets that are with them as they're approaching death in the last phases of their life. So I'm the spiritual side of the equation, what I get to see in my mind's eye. And then the, the researchers are the scientific side. So I, lo- I love it when that happens. Yeah, I do too. It's beautiful. Can you share with us how you prepare for a reading or a healing session? Do you do anything like, do you ground your energy or open your chakras or what do you do to, to prep and prepare? I turn on my radar. It takes a nanosecond. I, in, I, for instance, if I was going to scan you, I would, I'm talking to you. I would just boom, here comes my laser beam from sweet home, Alabama, heading, heading over to you in North Carolina. And that's, that's how quickly it is. I don't do any of that. And I don't teach any of that. It's instant, instant on instant off. I don't walk around scanning people. Number one, it's none of my business. Number two, I think it would be an invasion of privacy. And number three, I don't really want to know. You know, imagine being in a crowd of people going, okay, that one's got strep throat. That one's got arthritis. That one's got whatever. That one's mother's dying. That one's, you know, just just broke up with her boyfriend and is heartbroken over it. And so, yeah. True. And I think the ethics of this work, especially medical intuition, is so, so important. And so I think it is crucial that if people want to try this, that they do mentor or study underneath someone, because very often you'll find, especially new students to this, they might misinterpret something they're seeing. I remember early on in my teaching, what one student told her partner in class that she was going to get breast cancer because she saw the pink ribbon around her. Well, it turned out that her partner had just run in a race for breast cancer. And so the pink ribbon was just a symbol for that. So how do you deal with the ethics of of doing this work? Do you come across a lot of that with your own teaching or in your work? Great question again. Uh, One I've never been asked before. From an ethical standpoint, I had a company that was in the data privacy and security industry. So I'm probably way more anal about privacy than most. And I treat everything as though it's completely confidential, especially if it's medical. I uh, treat it like a HIPAA thing. I don't disclose anything. If you uh, ask me to scan somebody and talk to them, I will. And it's up to them to disclose what they want to with you. I won't scan anybody without their permission. For instance, if you said, can you scan my mom? I will telepathically ask your mom for permission before I do it. Because again, I believe that's an invasion of her privacy. From an interpretation standpoint, that is something that I really hammer in my classes is you've got to be able to get validation for what you're getting. You've got to be in, in alignment with spirit. 
And I think a really good rule of thumb is spirit's never going to say anything derogatory. Spirit's never going to say anything abusive. And if those thoughts are coming into somebody's head, well, that's your stuff. That's not coming from spirit. So being able to see a pink ribbon would be a matter of, I'm seeing a pink ribbon. What does that mean to you? Instead of I'm seeing a pink ribbon and my interpretation is that you're going to, you're going to get breast cancer. Right. That's a lot different from my looking at a breast and seeing cancer in my mind's eye. Now I don't ever edit, edit anything I get because I believe who am I to decide what somebody needs to hear? I'm the messenger, but certainly there is a kind and an ethical way to present that. And it may be, okay, I'm seeing breast cancer. I'm watching the healing happen. It's really important that you get in touch with your doctor Yeah, is how I would deal with something like that. Yeah. Thank you. Well said. And that is a, a crucial point for anyone doing any of this work is that if people are coming to you and Samantha and I have talked about this a lot on the show and in our private work, people are vulnerable. They're afraid they're they're And no one has a right to plant that seed and foster even more fear or dependency on. So do you ever see that issue where people want you to be their, their primary physician in, in a sense of, so they don't have to do medical stuff. Do you ever get people that are very, what do they say? Psychic junkies or mediumship people that want the reading over and over and over. Do you find that with the medical stuff as well? Not so much because what I'll do, everything can be healed. First of all, and sometimes death is the healing. And so I make that very clear up front. After I'm done with a client, a private client, and I talk to private clients all day, every day, what I'll do is I'll always send a follow-up email and it'll have a plethora of resource materials in it, links, podcasts, books, doctors, different things where they can go because the healing in which I'm participating with them is on the energetic level. And then it's going to integrate into their body and that can happen instantly. It can take days, weeks, months. It may need some kind of complementary care, like change in diet, uh, prescription, physical therapy, surgery, whatever. But it's always at the end of the day, it's always that person's spirit's prerogative to utilize a healing in a way that's going to best facilitate whatever it is that person's spirit is exploring at any given time. And so I will do that. I'll send the follow-up email. And frankly, this is just a logistics thing. I'm usually booked out three or four months in advance. So it's kind of hard for somebody to sometimes uh, an appointment will open up and they can get back in, but it's just from a logistical standpoint, it's a little tough. And if they call into my show, I have dozens of callers every week, so they're not going to get on every week and be able to talk to me. So it's kind of, kind of hard. I really have not run into that. And I think probably because of the logistical stuff and because of all the other resources that I send to them. And I love, love, love that you're you're sending resources and then people can choose or not choose to follow up on that. The, the other aspect of that is, do you, like, I, I work as a channel with, with mediumship, with intuition. I, I, so I don't remember. I don't. So someone will say, 
oh, do you remember when you said this about my son? And I'm like, mm, no, nothing there. So do you feel that, do you remember and retain this or does it just come through you, not from you? Just like you, just okay. like you. I remember the person. I remember that you live in Maine. I remember that you've got three dogs and two kids and a husband and whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't remember what we discuss. And it's because, and you know, this, we have one foot in the physical world and one foot in the, in the spirit world. And so the information that we're getting from the spirit world is on a different frequency than our human brains. It's coming through, but it's not getting put into the memory bank. Now, if I go back and I listen to a recording or I read something, for instance, like my blog, I do a blog every week of a question somebody has submitted. I'll remember that because I've, I've read it, but we all channel, everything's channeled. Every thought, every book, every piece of music, every healing, it's all channeling. Everybody's doing it. They're just not aware of it. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah. Are there any common themes you see in healing that are connected to emotional imbalances? Do you know what I mean? Like when you're doing healing, do you ever see like, oh, this started when, when he was nine and forgot how to love himself or how do you connect it that way? Or do you? Yes, very much. That's the most important part of a healing is the emotional piece. And so I normally save that for last. And we have what I perceive to be and what I've coined the energy field membrane which is a container that holds the energy that makes up our body and our spirit. And it reminds me of really thin, stretchy saran wrap, the kind that you get on a tray of chicken breast from the grocery store. You know, how that stuff's thinner and stretchier than the glad wrap perhaps that's in our kitchen drawers. When there's a tear or a hole in that energy field membrane, it allows an energy leak and energy leaks always precede any kind of medical condition 100% of the time. And they're caused by an energy block, a la Eastern medicine, acupressure, acupuncture, clear the block, get the chi to move, that whole concept. Energy blocks in turn are caused by an emotional event, either in this life or a past life. So I'll envision going into that terror or hole, and I'll be given a year and I'll be shown a scene of his past life will be given where it was. And then we'll correlate that with what's going on in the person's current life. Now that can be gosh, on a a wide spectrum, it can be something simplistic, like somebody called you a bad name when you were little and it hurt your feelings to one of my most favorite dramatic stories was I was working with a woman in Guernsey, which is one of the Northern Isles off of, uh, in the UK. And I said, I see you as a preteen and there's an explosion behind you. Does that mean anything to you? And she said, yeah, I was a victim of an IRA bombing when I was 11 and I was in the hospital for three months. Well, okay, that's dramatic. That was an emotional event that caused an energy block. Looks to me like a little kernel of unpopped popcorn gets stuck in the energy field. And then the energy from other life events that are emotional pile on top of that, eventually causing enough pressure, it causes a blowout in that membrane and the person's leaking power. So we illuminate where the cause was, where did it begin? It's past life. We'll we'll figure out the correlation with that. And then it heals the energy filled membrane, allows the person to go back to working on full power, which helps them heal and helps them maintain health. 
a really quick analogy I like to use for this is imagine if you go to the pet store to buy a goldfish, they're going to put it in a plastic bag of water in order for you to get it home. Well, the goldfish represents our body. The water represents our spirit because the body's inside the spirit and the plastic bag represents the energy field membrane. If there's a pinhole in that plastic bag and water's draining out a drop at a time, for a long time, that fish is going to be fine. However, when enough water drains out, that fish is going to be in trouble. And that's what I see happen to the human body over time. So we fix it, membranes healed, body's working on full power, body has a tremendous capacity to be able to heal. Mm. Great metaphor. So one of the things that fascinates me is ancestral healing. How will, you know, all the, the research that they've done recently about a marker on your DNA, if you're a descendant from certain historical times. And I, I believe in my work and my practices that when we do any work that we're doing is sending that healing back as well as forward. So do you find that when you're doing medical intuition or other aspects of your work that you're helping break that cyclical pattern that's been passed down through people's genetic lineage, as well as maybe their own personal experiences they've had in this lifetime? I do. I believe like you do, that it does affect both past and going forward. What I find is that when we illuminate a limiting belief that's false based in an irrational fear that's false, then especially going forward, not only does it affect my client's life, but it affects everybody's lives around them because they can, we all live in fear. We're all hardwired for fear. The key is to find out, is this a real fear? Is it a fake fear? And so that's what I see more of. I don't necessarily have privy to what somebody's children's health is unless they call me about something. So there's no way for me to really gauge that, but I know that to be true. And I, and I know that um, it's definitely something that I believe in. Does that answer your question? It, it does. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It Very makes helpful. total sense to me. I do DNA healings all the time where yeah. I watch DNA get resequenced. If there's a mutation in the DNA, because primarily because of environmental factors, I'll watch the DNA get resequenced back to a recipe that's healthy. And it's phenomenal, the stuff that gets healed with those DNA healings. So when you're teaching, because not everyone is clairvoyant, you can apply any of the clairs to this. So someone, you may have someone who's clairsentient or claircognizant or clairaudient, and they'll still be able to apply the techniques in the way that you're teaching them to fit. Because I think some people get so hung up on, oh, I can't see it. I can't see it. But from what, and I believe it's all energy and frequency and vibration. From what you're saying, you're saying the same thing. So I, I think that's a disclaimer to put out there for folks. There's an, oh, I'd love to take this class, but I don't see things. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't play with the clairs. It's just, you <laughs> connect with spirit and, you know, that's just semantics to me. Mm-hmm. It's, that's why I'm very particular about this is 90% of transfer of energy from me to you. It's 10% technique. You know, you don't have to stand on your left foot, twirl three times, raise your right hand and, you know, sing the, the whatever national anthem in order to connect with spirit. You turn it on, you turn it off. Here's a way to do it. You see what comes in best for you. 
and however it comes in best for you is perfect because we all learn differently. Some of us are visual learners. Some of us are auditory or kinesthetic learners. And so I want the information to come in, how it's going to best work for my student. And then the other thing is if we have tools to validate the information that we're getting, it doesn't matter how it comes in. You've got validation. You're able to validate. The other thing I think that's really important too is nobody can control anybody else because we can't control what anybody else thinks. And likewise, nobody can control what we think. So all we can do is be in alignment. If you're out of alignment, you're not going to get the information from spirit anyways, because they don't communicate on the, I feel crappy channels. You know, if somebody's in fear or, or in a mood or something, and so all you can do is send the healings, send the information. What they do with that is, again, back to their spirit's prerogative. And I think that frees up a lot. People are worried, oh, my God, I don't want to harm them. Well, you can't. It's not possible. Spirit's pure love. Number one, if spirit's working through you, unless you're in alignment, they're not. You may think they are, but they're not. And so, so the whole oath, do no harm thing is, is just irrelevant with this because you can't. Yeah, it's true. I mean, healing comes from a source of love and that's what it's rooted at. What you also do a lot of work with pets. Can you talk about what it's like communicating with pets versus people? Sure. Pets are, are all pure love. Pets are very succinct in their answers. You know, there's no convoluted. What, what can I do for you? They always they most of the time say they want more treats, especially dogs. It's hilarious. They always say, I have more treats, please. And and they are just pure love. It's it's really uh, a joy to work with pets. And and pets are such a source of comfort and companionship and joy for their owners for the most case in most cases. And then the pet spirits stay around the person after they're deceased and they're there when they're dying. So if I'm working with a family who has a, let's say a grandmother that's dying, I'll say, did your grandmother grow up on a farm or does she live on a farm now? Cause there's all these farm animals around her. There's horses and chicks and bunnies and goats and stuff like that. And they'll say, yeah. And I'll be able to describe what they look like. The, uh, the pets, when somebody is dying or has a loved one who's dying, when we start talking about, well, there's a collie there, or there's a little Sheltie or, or a tabby cat, it brings so much joy and comfort and peace knowing that their, their pets, in addition to their deceased loved ones and the angels are around them. One of my favorite, I think it's a New Yorker cartoon and it's just an image of St. Peter by the pearly gates. And there's this little dog running in circles and this guy comes through the cloud and St. Peter says, oh, you're the one he's been waiting for. Oh yeah. Well, and I always laugh. I always say all dogs go to heaven and all people go to heaven too, which is a, which goes against what we've been taught. Most of us that have been raised in the Judeo Christian cultures, but it's true. (laughs) is it? I've never escorted somebody to heaven and, and seen St. Peter at the pearly gates with a clipboard going, okay, you're allowed in. No, sorry. You got to go burn for eternity. 
I've never seen that. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. believe that. But I do believe there are levels to the other side. I don't think everyone goes to the same spot. I think it takes a while. Like I like what Swedenborg says about the other side, how you go to where your energy acclimates to most, and then you continue to learn and grow. And that's why we come back because we want to experience and explore. And that's where we experience things that allow our spirit to expand is on earth and, and in human form, because in heaven, everything's just pure bliss. You know, you think of something and it just happens. There's no delay. There's no, there's no manifesting. It's just happens. Well, tell, tell listeners about the wonderful gifts you have for them and, and about this book. Angelic attendants, I have props. I feel like a game show hostess. <laughs> Angelic attendants, what really happens as we transition from this life into the next? And it has little illustrations in it. Let me find one here of the 12 phases of transition and, and what happens, how people are, are surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones. So we have that. That's for grownups. And then we have three children's books, angel messages for, what would I put up first? Cats, dogs, and kids. And angel messages for truth will be out the end of the year. And these are picture books for children. And the illustrations are just darling. And they teach about how we're all spirits attached to a body, having a human experience. We go into what happens when somebody dies, their spirit can still stay around you and you can communicate with them. And it's about how angels and, the, and God love you and, and all of that. And they've been really popular. They came about because I had moms say to me, please write something that I can explain to my three-year-old what happens when my grandmother died. And we say, well, grandma's in heaven. And little Johnny says, no, she's not. She's asleep in that box up there in the front of the room because they're at the funeral home. Or how does little Johnny know about past lives and, and knows information that we can corroborate with historic documents online. And this kid can't read yet. And then how does uh, my child know things and tell me that he's communicating with my grandfather who's been dead for 20 years. And he knows information about him that there's no way he could know. He knows information I didn't even know. And so we've done that. And then the angelic attendance, the adult book came about because I, my mentor and uh, spirit guide, Pope Clement VI said, you've got to educate the world. What happens when somebody dies? Cause everybody's so afraid. And I said, well, I'm not doing that. I'm a businesswoman. People will think I'm nuts. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get on with it. So that's how that all originated. And he was in office during the Black Plague when two-thirds of Europe died. And he's known for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. So when he first showed up and told me he was Pope Clement VI, I said, like, okay, I never heard of a Clement, alone six of them. And then when I looked him up, I thought, okay, I can't make that up. And so he's been my, you know, my mentor with all of this. So anybody that wants a copy of that, just go to askjulieryan.com at click on the ask Julie button, say, Hey, I heard you on the show. I'd love a copy of the book and we'll send you the digital and audiobook version for free, just as a gift. And if you have kids or grandkids, just make that mention that too and say, hi, I have children or grandchildren. I'd also like 
a copy of the kids' books. That's just digital because they're not long enough to be audiobooks. They're That's picture books. Beautiful. What a lovely gesture. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And My so honor. important right now with the, the little people coming in, they're pure light. And they yeah. always have been, but even more so. And I say this a lot, and I, but I believe it in my heart to be true. This transition, the world, the universe, the, everything is going through. These little people need to know what they're feeling, sensing, experiencing is, is real and true. It's as real and true in you as we're all speaking here. So thank you, because that's a beautiful service for those little people and their families. Well, you're welcome. The uh, The thing about it is every child comes in with the ability and then they start to shut it down at about six or seven when they've had grownups in their lives say, oh, honey, that's just your imagination. That's not real. And to your point, Denise, if we can foster them paying attention to their intuition and their gut feelings about things, my goodness, how can that benefit them throughout their lives and, and everyone's lives that they touch? I think it's just, it's where we learn, we're taught things. Oh no, that's the devil or that's whatever. Well, no, it's not. It's pure love and it's spirit and everybody has the ability. Imagine if we had those resources when we were little and feeling and sensing (laughs) things, it would be wonderful. Right. And each generation comes in more advanced. So we think that we are teaching them in essence, they're really teaching us. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, thank you so much. This has been such a fun and illuminating discussion. Oh, my honor. Thank you for having me. What a delight. It was great. So again, it's askjulieryan.com and you just go to the ask Julie button and send you an email and then you can get your free download of your choice of her books. That's beautiful. I will put that in the show notes and we'll put it on our Facebook page as well. So people will, if you're driving and you can't write this down, just click down to the show notes or go on our Facebook page and you'll have all the information there and your podcast. How can people listen to it? We record it live on Thursday nights at 8 Eastern. It's from 8 to 10. It's a syndicated radio show. And then we we remove the commercials and release it as a podcast. So if you follow me on Instagram at Ask Julie Ryan or on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan, we'll always post the, the day of the show, all the call-in information and make it easy. It's on my website. It's anywhere you download podcasts. It's in the show notes. So you just call in and ask Julie Ryan. And it's a blast because I never know who's going to call and I never know what they're going to ask. And I never know what spirit's going to say. So it's really fun. Each week's different. And we recorded show 322 last night. So there's a big library. And I will talk to people periodically and let's say, I've listened to all of your shows. I went back and listened to all of the past ones. And, and invariably, there'll be somebody who calls and they'll have something going on that resonates with something that you're, you or a loved one is experiencing at the time. And so that, that ends up being really helpful too. Yeah. That's the best thing about doing this work is how it all connects, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's fun. You can't, I always say you can't make this stuff up. That's right. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't make it up. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on and thank you everyone for listening. Please remember as always to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.